Hey everyone, I'm Yasmin Nori and you're listening to the Behind Her Empire podcast. I'm on a mission to showcase successful self-made women who share honest stories and lessons of what it really takes to create the life you want and build your own empire. If you've been listening to the show, you know, just like you, I've been on my own personal journey to build my empire. I started my business, Bia, to help women tackle their period problems and hormonal imbalances using a natural whole foods approach. If you're suffering from bad cramps, irregular periods, fatigue, bloating, stay tuned because a little bit later in the podcast, I'll share a bit more about my company, Bia. But for now, let's jump into today's episode. I want to welcome this week's guest, Adriana Kerrig, to our show today. Adriana is the founder and CEO of Little Words Project, a jewelry company that's on a mission to inspire and spread kindness one word at a time. Adriana was motivated to start her business after she dealt with her own personal experience with bullying growing up. She started making bracelets that acted as gentle reminders or affirmations for her and her sorority sisters in college. While being an entrepreneur was never in her plans, she immediately saw the value of her idea and knew there was potential when she saw her sorority sisters still bracelet making long after she graduated. Seeing this motivated her to start a business and in 2013, the Little Words Project was born. She understood the impact of what these wearable affirmations can do and the rest is history. The brand has built a cult following of loyal customers and has celebrity fans, including Lance Bass, Kourtney Kardashian, Alicia Keys, and more. The company has over 1,000 retail partners, including targeted Nordstrom, and is set to have 12 of their own retail stores by the end of this year. Adriana has self-funded the brand with $5,000 of her own money and grew it to be an over $20 million business before they even brought their first investor, which was only recently. In this week's episode, we talked to Adriana about how she went from beating bracelets and shipping them out of her parents' basement, all while she had a full-time job, to growing the business to where it is today. We talked about her experience with bullying growing up and how it inspired her to start her business, what it means to fail forward, and the importance of starting where you are and taking that first step. She opens up about how she dealt with the naysayers who thought she couldn't build a real business around $25 bracelets, the steps she took from day one on building the most incredible brand and community and we talk about the messy truth no one talks about in entrepreneurship. The interview is all about intuitive entrepreneurship, how listening to your gut can be your biggest superpower, and so much more. Welcome to the show, Adriana. I'm so excited. Really big admirer of your brand and everything you've built. So thank you for being here. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. I love hearing that. It's so exciting to know that the stores are bringing in incredible women like yourself and giving them, you know, an excuse to just like love themselves a little bit, right? Just for that time and play and go back to that youthful experience that the bracelets really um, call upon. So I love that you, I love that you found us there. Yeah. <laughs> and I found my bracelet and I'm wearing it. I'm like, which one did I end up buying? Cause I, I should have gone like 10. Yeah. Um, but says, <laughs> make magic. And I was like, I love that. Uh, that's a good one. That I know it's like you can find a reason for any of the words, which is what makes the brand I think so special is like if you you can either let like the universe guide you as far as what word you choose, or you can, you know, really think intentionally about what you need and pick it and curate your stack. It's it's really, I don't know. I'm I am biased, but it's a very fun experience if you ask me. <laughs> I love it. We had Cassandra, the founder of Kitsch last week, and we were just talking about micro intentions, micro habits. And I'm like, if you have these bracelets, it's just a good reminder of, you know, whatever affirmation you want or whatever reminder you need. So I love it all. And I'm excited to jump in. So 
Adriana, you started this company, which I love, with $5,000, and now the business is over $20 million plus. And I know there's so much for us to learn from you. But what I respect so much about you is that in the early days, you just started. You didn't overthink. You took one step in front of the other. And I know there's so many women who are listening today that I also talk to from the podcast who have these aspirations to start their passion project or their side hustle or their business, but they haven't taken that first step. What would you tell this person who's listening in? Oh my gosh, it sounds cliche, but just do it. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, it's like true. Nike and just do it, right? I think it's starting with small steps and they don't have to be in order. They don't have to be super calculated. They can just be something. And then in the action of doing something, you'd be so surprised how you'll feel afterwards. Like even if it's just making the Instagram account, right? Even if it's just like, doing a little bit of competitive research, like just start looking around, like any little thing that you can do to move the needle further will make you feel better at the end of the day that you're at least getting somewhere with this project. till eventually it starts to feel like, you know, a, a snowball, right? It's a, it's the, it's the snowball effect of like the bigger, you know, the more you commit to doing little things, the bigger the ball will get. And, and the sooner you'll be like, you know, 10 years in realizing, oh my gosh, I I did that. (laughs) So yeah, I'd say just start somewhere. Yeah, no, it's true. And I love so much like, and we'll get into your story, but it just came to mind right now how you started an Instagram back in the day. And you're like, I was posting when no one was even following me. Like that is a mentality to have, like, just put it out there. And like you said, the answers will come. And 10 years from now, you're like, wow, just me taking one step after another is how this whole business has grown. So I, I love that mentality. I think some people, it's so easy for us to overthink and think you need to have a business plan and everything figured out. And so much of it is you go and you figure it out with your customers. And I know you've been doing that this entire time, which is so cool. Yeah, no, thank you. I, I never even wrote a business plan, honestly. Um, I think maybe I, I dabbled. I tried to write one just to like win or win some sort of grant at some point. And then I'm like, ah, <laughs> this is too much. This is why people don't start businesses because they think they have to write a business plan. Um, and it's not necessarily the case. You know, I think, yeah, there's some, there could be some evidence to why it's beneficial because you really have your ducks in a row. And there are some people that are super regimented like that. And if that makes you feel good, then write the business plan, right? But I think it's just about intuitive entrepreneurship, right? Like what feels right in that moment? What do you need to do to like, to light your soul on fire in this moment, right? And true entrepreneurs, when you're working on your business, you feel it in your bones. Like you feel you're doing the right thing. Um, and I'm, I'm a really intuitive person, I think. Um, and I really like to lean in and honor what I'm feeling. And if in some days it's like, I can't do it today and I'm just not gonna, I'm instead, I'm going to clean my closet. Then like, that's what I do. Right. And I think you have to honor every place that you're in on the entrepreneurship journey, because it's a hard one. It's, it's certainly not, it's not for the, it's not for the week. <laughs> it's not. Wow. I love the fact that you said intuitive entrepreneurship. I have not heard that before, but it definitely makes a lot of sense. And I love that you said you really honor how you feel because I mean, you've been doing this for 10 years and I'm just early in my journey, but I'm like, okay, I need to create a lifestyle for myself because I'm going to be doing this in the long run. So I, and you know, you're always thinking about your business seven days a week. It's not like we turn off, but like, how do you create that sustainability? Cause there are some days you'll wake up and be like, I just don't have it in me today for some reason. Maybe you went hard the day before, maybe it's a life circumstance, but I love that there's no judgment for you and you just lean into how you feel, but that is powerful. How do you not have judgment on yourself? Because 
sometimes, you know, you have that narrative, or at least I can speak for myself of like, no, just go, just push yourself. Cause it's so easy for us to do that, but then you get burnt out and then you're not as fulfilled in the process if you keep just going, going, going. Yeah. I think that's exactly it. It's just knowing that knowledge that you have, that you're going to get to, if you keep burning like that and you will get to a point where you regret it in a way, you know? And I think this comes from my experience, you know, my first, like, I wouldn't change anything about my experience. I'll say that, right? But I do believe that those first five years that I spent, you know, burning the candle at both ends and doing absolutely everything and showing up even when I didn't feel like I could, you know, yes, do I think it led to some of my success? For sure. But I think I could have gotten there anyway if I had also taken the time to just like honor where I was. And I will say that all of that constant work and constant struggle, you know, and like I said, burning the candle at both ends, losing sleep. I think potentially led to why I went through an infertility struggle, actually, you know, and I look, I don't want to put that on anyone out there who is, you know, working their butts off and that's the season they're in. Honor that, be where you are, right? And, you know, try not to let other people's stories dissuade you from doing what you feel is right, right? And in that time, I felt it was right. And I should also say that if I didn't go through that and I didn't have the infertility struggle, I wouldn't have the babies that I have now, right? And so, it all happened as it was supposed to. But I think the point of what I'm saying is there is definitely a time to burn and there's a time to rest. And you need to make sure that you're giving yourself those rest days. So it's if you wake up and you're like, I just can't today and I'm going to just like Netflix and literally lay here, do that yeah. because you don't know what kind of inspiration you'll draw yeah. from those moments too, right? It's all peaks and valleys and you just have to, you know, you just have to keep going through. Right. And, and eventually you'll get to the other end and understand your journey behind you. And I appreciate you talking about, you know, your fertility journey. And this is, you know, my my company is all about hormone health and how we support women's hormones because of my own journey as well. And I killed myself in the finance days. It's interesting, like women's hormones are fluctuating all the time. And if we can honor it, which I know is so hard because it took me years to even create that intuitive connection that you're talking about, because I was used to going until you're just like, wait, this doesn't feel right. What, you know, how do I pause? How do I honor myself? And I learned that, you know, different parts of the month were feeling different and not to be hard on yourself. It's like, oh, my period is coming. I'm, I'm more tired today. So I might not go so freaking hard and I might do more creative work or, or reading or thoughts, like you said, like there's still ways to be impacted. Um, but yeah, stress and, and women and fertility is something we talk a lot about. And if we can all just learn how to like honor these cyclical, our cyclical beings, it's great. And it's tough to do as a modern woman, but it's something that I'm always thinking about. So I just love that you brought that up because stress in general, whether you're trying to have a kid or not can impact your hormones and that it just impacts your way of living and how you feel. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I mean, it's, I love this topic and I could go on and on. I, yeah, I, same. <laughs> I literally believe that, you know, when it comes to your hormones and just your general womanhood, like you have to cherish that and you have to, um, lean into it because there are moments of the month, right. Where you're, just not in it, right? You're like, I can't, I'm not, it's not, this is not for me. I just need, I need a break. But then there are other moments where yes. those, there are other moments where you're like, you're on the freaking ball. Like you have the decision, you know, in your gut, you don't know why, but you know, and that's that female intuition that we are so lucky to have. Right. So, you know, we talk a lot about female entrepreneurship here and, and just female business owner. And I really, you know, I celebrate that on my socials and in in general as a female entrepreneur because there's so 
not few of us, but there's few of us who get to, you know, the, the big leagues, I guess you could say. And then talk about it too. And a then lot talk of people aren't, it. yeah. Yep. And talk about the difficulty along the way and, and the fact that being a woman is both a superpower and in some cases a detriment, right? And so our goal, I think, as a womanhood, right, as females in general, is to lean into the superpower and like be okay with the places where maybe we are a little weaker in our decision making or we are a little, um, you know, slower to move, right? That's okay because those moments recharge the extreme superpower that we experience on the other side. And what I will say for men, which maybe I shouldn't generalize, but here, yeah. here we are, I mean, yeah. in a safe place, they might be kind of one track the whole way through, but do they ever see that like apex that we do on certain points of the month where we are just really sitting in our pocket, you know? Maybe not. And I think that's where it, it's okay. And, and being a woman is so special. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's, it's absolutely driven. Every goal of mine, every, every move I make has been based on, you know, honoring my womanhood, but also how can I help other women recognize how much power we have and more importantly, how much power we have when we, when we come together. And that's really where the, the brand um, came to be in, in the very beginning. Oh my gosh. I love it. I feel like we could talk for five hours about all things. So yeah. no, this is amazing. <laughs> we we haven't even talked about your story and, and from the early days, but I, I love it. I'm super passionate about this. And I think even looking at women like you who you know, are open about their fertility journey, because I think we need to a talk more about that. You know, I see a lot of women in this space because of my company. And I was like, wow, like I don't have kids yet, but there's so many ways for us to support each other. And I think you being open and talking about the journey and even you having two kids and what it's like to run a business, like you inspire women like me who don't have kids who still want to continue growing a business and a family and have a happy marriage and have friends, you know, and do all the things. And, yeah. you know, it's not easy, but, you know, it's possible in ebbs and flows. Right. But I, I love it. And I'm excited to talk all things with you today. But I actually am just super fascinated about who you are as a person. So I want to talk about your childhood. What do you think we need to understand about you to really understand the woman that you are today? Mm, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I talk about it pretty broadly when it comes to how it relates to the business and why I created the business, but I did experience a lot of cruelty and negativity as a young girl, mostly from other girls throughout my entire life. So it's kind of like it start. I can think of an instance of bullying, I guess you could call it, from a very young age from like kindergarten all the way through college. I can think of an instance every single year. Wow. That I experienced something significant enough to like burn a hole in my head and and so that it's it left a lasting impression on me. And it was largely female focused. And so what I kind of took from that experience was this knowledge that, you know, we need to do better as women as from from a very young age all the way through, you know, adulthood. And that's kind of what led me to, you know, be everything that I am, including this person that's all about women supporting women, it led me to my entrepreneurship journey of wanting to create something that would bring kindness to the world, um, especially girl world, as I called it in the in the beginning days. Um, you know, and I think what we need to recognize is that it starts with us, right? Like 
we can't be kind to others until first we're kind to ourselves. So self-kindness and self-love is one of the core tenets of Little Words Project. And it's why we put these words on our wrists so that we can look down and see hope, see courage, see believe, and keep going forward. And, and then once we have you know shown ourselves that kind of love, we pass the idea is to pass the bracelet on to someone who needs it more. So I think none of that can be understood without first knowing that journey that I went through and, and what led to ultimately wanting to create something that put a positive um, effect on, on girl world as we knew it. Hey everyone, it's Yasmin here. In 2020, I was struggling with some debilitating health stuff. I just got off birth control and suddenly I had acne, mood swings, breast tenderness, and really painful periods. I tried so many things, but the one thing that worked was something called seed cycling. I know you're probably thinking, seed cycling? What the heck is that? It's a natural way to support your hormones using four specific seeds throughout your cycle. The challenge is that seed cycling can be a little complicated to do and kind time consuming. So I decided to make an organic seed cycling product that is so easy to use. We make it effortless for anyone to get started today. It's called Bia and it's a super easy way to add something powerful to your diet to support your hormones, regulate your cycle and bring back balance. To learn more about Bia and join our community with thousands of incredible women all over the world, go to BiaWellness.com and that's spelled B-E-E-Y-A Wellness.com and check out the show notes for our promo code to get $10 off your first purchase. Thanks so much for listening. And now let's get back to today's episode. You know, it's funny, you were saying you were bullied in kindergarten. I was bullied too, but you were mentioning how you had something impactful like every year until college. I look at you and I'm like, man, like you are someone with fire and confidence. How did you not let that dim your light or impact kind of who this strong woman that you are today? I mean, I fully did, right? Like I definitely let it impact me on the journey to now and and nothing is like nothing is a straight line right so like you know i had those really low lows and those high highs and there were days i didn't want to get up in the morning like there were days i didn't want to go to school there were nights that i could hear my parents crying through our joined bedroom wall because of what I was going through. And it was a really hard, painful experience. But in there, there's also there was a lot of fire and light. And I actually it's so funny, I saw a friend of mine recently who was one of my guy friends who got me through the difficulty. And he's like, you know, you really kind of paint this picture of this girl who was bullied her whole life. But like, I don't remember it like that. I remember it as you were this girl who fought her whole life. And I was like, wow. Ooh. I kind of love that. I'm like, okay, first of all, I definitely was bullied. So I'm just, you don't remember that, but I do. And like he he does. He's like, no, I do, yeah. but I feel like you you weren't taking things lying down. And I I when when you look at it, when you look back, hindsight's 2020, 20, right? Like you look back and sometimes you can only see a certain part of the picture. And he reminded me, like, yeah, you're right. Like I really did find power in defending myself and in loving myself. And I think to answer your question, I think my mom was a huge inspiration there. She always made sure to fill my cup when other people were emptying it out. She's a big proponent of self-love and um, positive affirmations. Like she's the woman who will look in the mirror and tell herself how wonderful she is every morning. I love that. And I love it. And she's, you know, she's actually, she's a Mexican immigrant. She, this is her second language and she does it all. I mean, she accomplished and has come so far from, from, truly nothing. Um, and so when I see her and her journey, I'm like, I can definitely go from someone who went through what I went through to where I am now. And I think it's just always having that view of what's possible and 
a, a core central knowledge of who you are and wherever possible leaning onto your community or the people who love you to lift you back up when you're when you're feeling down. I love that. That's so beautiful about your mom. And I feel like one word every year I try to have a word that's like my intention of the year. And mine was like self-love. And I, cause I was thinking about all these things and I'm like, at the core of it, if you have self-love, everything else is better. You don't care about people's opinions. You don't second guess yourself. You move fast. Like it's literally the foundation of life and you feel good about yourself. So I love that your mom has had that and instilled that in you. And I love that's That's so cool. That She must be so proud. I love that. So I'm going to fast forward a little bit and kind of talk about, you know, life after college. I know you had a full-time marketing job at the time. And I'm just curious, you know, what was the inspiration for you to even start this like side bracelet hobby or business at the time? I'm just, I'd love to hear more. Sure. So, um, you know, as I mentioned that the bullying experience, the negativity I experienced kind of continued for me through college. In college is where I started to really recognize like this could be a, like a, this is like a almost quintessential, like rite of passage and to be a female means to have these issues with girls. And I, I don't want that to be true. And I don't think it is necessarily as much anymore, but in that time, I dealt with a lot of kind of competitive cruelty from other girls. And when I was, I had joined a sorority, which is kind of like counterintuitive for someone who has problems with girls, but it was actually in doing so that I learned that when women come together, beautiful things can happen, right? When in true sisterhood, and we are there for one another, the way I experienced in this, in this chapter, um, you know, I, beautiful things can happen. So I actually, I was the uh, vice president of recruitment and membership at the time, and I created my first batch of bracelets for them. And the idea was, you know, to keep the love circulating amongst ourselves. So we would, at every meeting, we would pass along a batch of bracelets to one another, right? Whether someone was going through, you know, a breakup or they had a test or whatever it might be, we would pass along these words of encouragement and um, self-love. And so when I graduated, I saw the girls were still doing it. And I had a year off. I was supposed to go to law school. Um, I, I worked in retail for a little bit. Then I got this marketing job. And the whole while, this idea is percolating of like, that worked. It created true sisterhood. Why couldn't I bring this bracelet, which is so nostalgic in its look and feel and so unique and special in that no one else is doing anything like this? Why couldn't I bring it and make like, a true friendship bracelet for the masses, right? For a, a sisterhood for everyone. Um, and that's kind of where the the desire came to make it full-fledged. And then it was truly like one of those like shoot out of bed, like aha moments that I had when I thought about the concept of the code, the traceability of the product. So for those of us who don't know, each bracelet has a little unique code on the back of the tag, which is unique to that bracelet. We need to get better about how this specific piece is marketed and told. Luckily, the bracelet sells because it's cute, but yeah, this yeah. Piece makes it really special. So each bracelet has that code, making each bracelet a one of one. It's completely unique. That code is used to connect the bracelet to our website, and you can tell your story, why you chose it, how it's helped you. And then when you eventually pass the bracelet along, which is what you're supposed to do, the next person does the same, so on and so forth. And you can eventually track and see where your bracelet has gone and maybe where it's been. And it's just this really great way of really seeing how much connection the product does bring to you. So when I had that aha moment, shoot out of bed, like, oh my gosh, this could be an X factor that makes this a really viable product. 
I felt like the pieces just connected and I, before I know it, you know, the snowball took shape. God, oh my gosh. Amazing. Yeah. I did not know about like the registration piece until I was doing prep on you. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And the fact that you had that idea, like from day zero is awesome. So you're having this marketing job. Tell me like, what was a timeline for you to kind of get this off the ground? And then I'll, I have a few other questions, but just to kind of start about the literal next steps you took when that idea kind of came to you. Yeah. So I had already had this clear proof of concept going on at the sorority. And when I started to think about making it a little bit more refined and a little bit more like for the masses, I worked on changing up the prototype, if you will, to be a little cuter, smaller beads, like really, really the way the product looks now, which is much different than what I was doing in college and what anyone really does at the DIY level. Um, so once I started the prototyping of that, um, I then started just kind of reaching out to my network. And I think that's, I always say I got the business on sale because I had a friend of mine who was trying to start a, a web design company. I had another friend of mine who did videography and he made me a video campaign. I had another friend of mine who knew someone who could do app development, I guess you could say, to, to create the traceability piece, right? Like how do we do the registration connection, all that. Um, so long story short, I just started like, firing on all cylinders. Like who can I talk to? Another thing is, is talk to everybody, right? Like just talk to everybody about what you're building because you don't know what kind of feedback you're going to get, who they know, how it's going to result in some future opportunity for you. So just always be, always be closing, always be talking, always be sharing. Um, and then, you know, it was kind of just like through that journey of talking to people, I found, I found a lawyer that could help me with the trademark piece. And then I found, you know, uh, an, uh, an accountant who could help me with the making sure that I was registered correctly in the, in the state. And it just started kind of unraveling like that. Um, social media was a huge first step for me. Like I, like you mentioned earlier, I was, I got that Instagram account and I started sharing the whole journey. So ups and downs, the pitfalls, and it really made a difference for the community I was building at the time. I know I love this. And I think you mentioning talking about it to people, like some people are so precious with their idea that they're like, I don't want to share. And I am similar to you. Like, no, you got to get it out there. And everybody has ideas. It's all about like execution and getting it done. Um, but you don't have all the answers and people can kind of give feedback or advice. But I'm so curious because you're starting this bracelet, you know, you're sharing it with other people. Did anyone think like, Adriana, like, how are you going to make a business from like these beaded bracelets that like kids wear? Cause I'm sure that is something like, how are you going to create a real business for something so quote unquote simple? Oh my gosh. You could literally go on TikTok right now and see those same exact comments on our viral videos that are getting millions <laughs> yeah. of views. Right. So I think the reality is, is that I, yes, I heard that answer. I heard that response every day, probably since the beginning of this business 10 years ago. And some of which in the beginning came from friends of mine that were like, are you sure you want it to look like that? And you don't want it to have like a gold, you know, gold stamped bar or whatever it might be. And I was like, no, this is the look. This is what it is. This is coming back. It makes sense. And I'm, trust me, I, I just had that gut, call it female intuition. I just knew that this was something that it's so yummy and delicious. And as women, we are always looking for things that delight us and that bring us small micro joys. And this product is so joyful and it brings you so much little like 
I don't know, it just brings you energy. And when you look down at your wrists and you see these cute, very well-designed little yes. product, little bracelets, it just, I don't know, it brings a smile to your face. So point being, there are always going to be naysayers. There are always going to be people who question you or tell you that, you know, you're not good enough. And frankly, I think, I think they're put there by the universe or God or whatever you believe so that you can say, thank you for your opinion. I'm, I'm going forward anyway. And every time you do that, you tell the universe, you tell what you, whatever you believe in that you're, you're in it to win it and you're not going anywhere and you get rewarded through that as well. So the answer is yes. Every day people have that statement and every day we continue to beat our sales projections from the day before or the year before. And so, you know, I, I always say like, our people find us, the people who are here to do what, you know, we set out to do and they want to be a part of this community, they find us and they stick around. I love it. It's so interesting because I had a similar experience. Like my product is all around using food to support hormones because it changed my life and it's seeds. It's made, it's literally just whole foods. It's not game changing. We just made it a protocol around it. And I remember friends and family are like, wait, you're selling, you're, are you really selling seeds? And like, you know, they, no one really trusted it, but I was, I had so much conviction because it changed my life. I'm like, no, there's something here. Doctors recommend it. I, I'm positive. And now two years in, we have, you know, thousands of customers. Like you have those people coming out of the woodworks being like, oh, can I try it yet? And I'm like, this person literally told me two and a half years ago, like, why would I start this? So you never know, like what you said, once you kind of f find your people and and triumph and go over all these rejections, like they end up coming around. And I'm sure even for you, they're probably like, Adriana, like, how did you do it? Great job. Like, I, I always knew you'd be something like, I always say the people who doubt you or the people who are your haters now are going to one day tell people that they know you. And I think <laughs> that's like such a true testament to like, you just got to trust yourself, believe in yourself and who cares what anyone else thinks along the journey. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love what you just said, what you just said there. And I think that more your product is confusing to some the more it's going to be everything to someone else. And I think ultimately, I actually heard recently that you want to build a community that's going to buy from you and sell for you because when they love it so much, they're going to die on the hill for you. And you'll see in some of these TikToks or some of these posts where people are coming for us and saying, why would I spend, you know, $25 on something that my daughter could make or that I could make for free? Well, to that, I'd say, well, we're obviously much better quality and good luck making these things because, you know, it's yeah, hard. Yeah, that's what it's I say. Good luck. Yeah. yeah, good luck. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, you always in that same comments, in that same comment section, you'll see people being like, no, this is actually a great product. I love my bracelets. This company is everything and more. Like people really do, you know, they die for you. And I think ultimately that's, that's the goal is to create that real community. And it doesn't happen if you're creating something that everybody and their mother wants, right? It's got to be special. Oh, I love that. That is so powerful. And it's so cool because even in the early days, you were, you know, it was more than just a bracelet per se, like you've really created this brand. So maybe you can kind of share about why it was important for you to create your own website, your own socials and not do the Etsy route. Because I know Etsy was very big at the time. Actually, my mom had her own bracelets and did a bunch of stuff. And she really did well on that platform until it got bigger and went public and then things changed. But why was brand and community so important for you from day like one? 
oh my gosh, I love that you just nailed that. It's, that's because now we're here 10 years later, <laughs> right? And I think I, I knew that intuitively at the time. I was just like, this is, I knew that the product was simple. And I knew that the look and feel felt homemade. And I knew that to counteract that, I've always been fighting that uphill battle. Like that's not new, right? So everything that just happened with, you know, the Taylor Swift of it all and the the make your own friendship bracelet and the bead sales and Michael's skyrocketing and all that stuff, it didn't really phase me because ultimately I've been fighting that battle since the very beginning. And we've learned that brand is the number one most important thing to to help you kind of stand the test of time. And I knew that in the very beginning because the product was simple. And, and it's actually probably credited to those naysayers who made me doubt myself a little bit. They, they made me second guess. They made me question. And it only continued to essentially compound how much I knew I needed to create something different. And so I knew that there were going to be others who were going to question it. And the only way I'd be able to counteract or tell them why it was worth it was to show them the brand that I created. And so that's why I knew from the very early days, we've got to create a story around it. I, I want it to feel like a movement. I never wanted it to be a, just a product. This was always just supposed to be a vehicle of kindness, of self-love. So for me, having that storytelling uh, you know, attached directly to the product was so paramount. And it is, I do believe, what led to this being a brand and not just another account, Etsy account that didn't really you know, take the world by storm, if you will. Totally. No, I love that. It's funny. I, I mean, I come from the world of like finance. So the word brand, I never really understood what that was until I started my own business. And I naturally like built brand because we're so passionate about education. We have a podcast. Like I, like we just care about community. And then I have people being like, oh, you built such a great brand. I'm like, oh my gosh, is this brand? What everyone talks about is like, you build a strong community, you bring them along the way. Um, and it's just, it, it's very fulfilling too, as like a founder. So I love that that's been the impetus for, for you just from the very, very early days. And you've done such a great job. And I actually want to talk about how you even created these bracelets again, because sometimes I think obviously with certain products, you have to work with co-packers initially, or if you're building like a tech product, you need to build out a team. But how did you kind of start from scratch with building your product? What did that look like for you? Um, it looked like I was an Etsy maker <laughs> is what it looked like. Um, and I think that was also too, like there's a lot of smoke and mirrors in the beginning, right? So, you know, you you can be a person who is a, you're literally just beating bracelets. Like I just started beating it in a, at a fold out table in my parents' basement. But because of the brand storytelling and all of the messaging I had put around it, and also the transparency on social, right, I was able to create this little community of people who supported my every move. And it made it easy, I guess you, you can say with, you know, quotes, easy to keep going because I had to show up for the community I was showing up for every day. But also I was able to, you know, the product was relatively simple to make, right, in, in that I could get, I had access to materials. And by that, I mean, I also went to Michael's and I bought letters from Michael's my, in little, little boxes that my mom would go through and separate for me. So my mom was my original like help manufacturer. My dad was my original shipping department. And oh, yet I, yeah, I literally just, I leaned on my people and yeah, I think ultimately I just kind of started somewhere. And then as 
since we were bootstrapped, um, I had to be very lean from the very beginning. And I allowed the demand to inform the supply, right? So as I got bigger and more people came and I got more orders and I got into wholesale and I had bigger orders from that, it, it wasn't enough for it to be just me, right? I had to start bringing on extra helping hands. And eventually I needed to get a factory and then eventually I needed to get a bigger factory. And ultimately I just kind of moved one foot in front of the next and got to a point where, um, you know, I knew what I needed because I, I just had to grow. <laughs> like I just had to fulfill these orders. So I, it helped inform my next step. No, I, and were there any times because, you know, in, in the early days, I mean, I'm sure this doesn't change, but like you're marketing, you're on the face of, you know, social media, you're marketing, you're dealing with operations, you're literally like beating the seeds, like two years into doing that, were, you, were there ever any days that you're just like, God, like, this is so tough. Like, how am I doing this? I'm sure it was just like nonstop in all the positive ways because their growth was there. But did you ever have those feelings of like, God, this is so much. My hands hurt from like being. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. All the time. I mean, remember that for a while, and I think I didn't even answer this question of yours earlier, but that timeline, I was full time working in marketing for a year and a half into the business. And I finally, I went to have part time. It was like two years in that I was finally no longer working elsewhere. And for those two years, I was coming home at seven o'clock. I live in New Jersey outside of the city. I was coming home at seven o'clock and beating and working until 1 a.m. And my dad and I are both night owls. So my dad <laughs> would then at 1 a.m. start the shipping department, start the shipping department, start yeah. shipping. And it was, and we did that every single day, you know? So I think, yeah, I got very burnt out and it was a lot. And there were many, many times where I was like, I don't think I can do this. There were times where I went to, a, I, actually, I remember one story. I went to a trade show in New York. It was um, the New York Now show. And I came back and I had like 25 orders and I had all the orders in my, in my folder. And I remember my husband was also working in finance at the time in the city and we were we were traveling in together. I was going to the show. He was going to his job. And I started crying on the subway. And I was like, I can't believe I'm not going to be able to do this. Like, I'm not going to be able to fulfill these orders. I, I'm one person. That feeling is so uh-huh. And he's like, you'll figure it out. Like, you've always figured it out. You'll figure it out. And I did, you know? And I think it's just you need those low moments and you need to keep going through them because in doing so, you're proving to yourself that it's possible. And every time you keep going through difficulty, you level up as an entrepreneur. And then you become, you know, somehow you you look around after the end of 10 years and you're like, wow, there were a lot of people who I was doing this alongside, right? Through their businesses and they've fallen off and we're still going. And it's because we kept going through difficulty and leveled up along the way. Yeah, that is actually so powerful. And it's so interesting and I always love to share these stories because I'm in the thick of my journey. I'm like, in case it's helpful. So I don't even forget one day, but like we've, you know, we've really built the product and a community. And now we're dealing with like it, my, you know, inventory issues and we, we manufacture ourselves still, um, you know, we're, we're not at that point to find a co-packer, but I'm definitely looking and it's still a lot of ownership on me. And I want, you know, I want things to be perfect. I care a lot. And there's some days where I'm like, this is tough and I'll have a nice, good cry. But then the next day, 
you know, you get up and then my husband always reminds me and it's so true is like, if it was easy, everyone would do it. And going back to like what you were saying, how people are like, you know, the haters are like, oh, I could do this. Like good freaking luck, go do it. And like, it's just, it's not easy, but I love how you were just saying, you just keep showing up and you build the confidence and it does get easier and easier, but it levels you up. Like the shit that used to bother me last year, I'm like, dang, now I'm on a whole nother level. So it's just, you're always going through that process. And I'm sure I'm curious to get your thoughts, like 10 years in, I'm sure you're still leveling up. Is that a feeling that you're always kind of going through um, as an entrepreneur? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That never ends. And it almost, almost <laughs> point where it becomes exhausting. You're just like, okay, at what point can I just like be the, the business owner that did it? Like, no, every time you level up, it's the most uncomfortable experience of your life. And the bigger the stakes, the more uncomfortable it is. And I think that's be, that's been the hardest part about build, building this business is that, you know, here we are 10 years in, we're doing real incredible numbers. We're beating projections. We've got, now we've got investors. Um, we bootstrapped to 20 million and then had to get it outside funding, um, but small, but still significant. You know, now you've got people that you're kind of answering to a little bit and you just, you have to show up correctly. And there are times where I'm like, do it. And then in addition to that, you add in having a child and then two, and now you're a mom and a business owner and you don't know what you're doing and any in any aspect of your yes, life. Yes. And you're a woman. So every month you've got some peer like some piece of time that's like kind of like fucking with your head, right? Yeah. And the whole yeah. time you're just doing everything you can to survive. And honestly, that doesn't change. And that's where I like to be really transparent with entrepreneurs. Like, don't do this because you want to feel like you're your own boss, because oh. in many ways you are not your own boss. Your boss yeah. is your customers yeah, and your wallet and what, how, and, and the, the business's wallet, I should say. And you're constantly working towards a, uh, a goal that, a goal post that moves. And every time you get there, it moves again. And so, yeah, the leveling up experience is definitely, um, it's uncomfortable, but once you get through that, it really, I mean, the bigger it gets and the more you navigate difficulty, that's like bigger and bigger and bigger. It really it does wonders for your self-esteem, for your self-confidence and for what you believe to be true about you. And I think that's the most important part, what you believe about yourself is truly half the battle in how you navigate difficulty. I love that. Oh my gosh, so many gems. Everyone should just rewind and re-listen to everything you said. It's so it's so true and it's so interesting. I was having dinner with someone on my team last night and a lot of people say, this might be a little controversial, but hey, I'll say it. But like people are like, follow your passion. And I think that's important because you need that why, right? The why and that's what keeps you going. But what I'm here to say, and I love having conversations like you on the podcast is like, it's not easy. If you follow your passion, it doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. Like you got to show up every day and the shit's going to be tough. But like you said, once you hit each milestone, that confidence and that feeling you get is so powerful that it kind of keeps you in the game. If you're able to like be okay with that uncomfort, you know, but it's a, such an amazing feeling once you kind of get across it. So I just, I love how you're just so honest about that because I feel like so many of us are like trying to find our passion and why. And I think that's so, so critical, but you have to know that if you want to create something great, like it's not going to be easy every day, like at all. No, and, and you also have to remember that like your passions can change. And I think people get crippled by this concept of like, 
follow my passion, but I don't know what my passion is. Well, what are you, what delights you most right now? Like what gets you the most excited right now? And even as we were talking, like when you start to understand yourself as a person, an intuitive person, you'll feel your body react when you say something that's correct. Like for me, I get chills. Like I just got chills. I get chills when I know I said something right, or I feel that little sense of like excitement, like excitement belly, like almost like rising in your chest. Like, you know, that feeling when you say something that you love, like I, my new passion now, I'm I'm not passionate about beating bracelets anymore. Okay. Like I'm not passionate about designing the bracelets anymore. I have a full blown design team to do that now. I'm passionate about helping other female entrepreneurs. Like that is what I care the most about. So you said something earlier and I thought to my, I was in my head, I was thinking, oh, I have to go through some of the content I created to get it up on the, on social because I, I, I have a, a good, a good gem that I want to drop and it got me excited. So yeah, the point that. being like your passions can change. And I think if you just start on the the journey, the journey mm-hmm. will ebb and flow as you ebb and flow. And especially as women, we are so cyclical. There is always get, there are going to be moments where you're passionate about it. And there are going to be moments that you're not. And like we said earlier, honor those moments and um, don't get so bogged down in trying to find the thing that you're the most passionate about. Just start with something and it will evolve from there. Definitely don't do this to get, you know, to make a lot of money though. Yeah, yeah. There are plenty of careers, you know, firsthand pretty well. There are plenty of careers that'll get you more money (laughs) and faster (laughs) power and it'll all be faster. Do it because, yeah. yeah. Do it because you, you, you love the thrill of the puzzle and figuring it out and learning as you go and growing and developing. I think I've learned and developed more as an entrepreneur than I have in any other experience of my life, including higher education, you know? So yeah, I, I think, I don't know. I, I derailed that conversation there, no. but I, I always feel badly for people who feel like they only, they need to figure out what their passion is because that changes, you know, and that's okay. And, and that actually was me. Like that was totally me back in the day. I was like so unhappy and I'm like, gosh, I just want to find my passion. But I love what you said. Cause once this clicked it, I kind of have followed that. And then the rest is history is like, what gives you that feeling? Like that connection that you were saying that like lights you up or what gives you energy, right? Like even in finance, I love connecting with the founders and look, I'm still doing that today. Like this is a pure creative passion project because and I have no business doing it because I'm so busy, but I get lit up talking to you. Like I go into this whole other realm where I'm just like, I don't even know what happened, but it was amazing. And it's like following that feeling and it could look so different in different industries, different parts of your life. So I love that. And I think that's really good advice for anyone who's just confused, like what gives you joy and just kind of follow that along and make sure you foster that because for years I didn't um, listen to myself. I didn't foster it. So I love that. So one thing you mentioned very nonchalantly that I want to underscore heavily is you bootstrapped this business to 20 million, which is incredible. I mean, I'm sure there's so much to unpack there, but like looking back at that journey, what do you think has really helped you sustain this business? Because, you know, your bracelets aren't like they're $25, right? It's not like you're selling like some, a product that's like hundreds of dollars or whatnot. So how do you create this like sustainable business and self-fund it? for so long, up until 20 million. That's incredible. Uh, Spoken like a true finance mind. um, That's something my husband who came, he worked at at Blackstone for seven years and then came over to be our COO and president. He always says to me like, Adriana, like you don't even realize how complicated this 
this company is from like, cause I, I tend to have the more of the entrepreneurship energy of like the founder energy of like, we got this, like, we're just going to figure it out. It's fine. Like I've never been a money mind. And so I really am so glad he joined, but I'm, I, I, I am, I always had the vision. I always believed. I always just kept pushing forward and I knew things were going to work out. Like I, I really believe in that manifestation. So anyway, he comes in with the finance mind and he literally was like, this is so complicated and so hard because the product is so inexpensive. We can't just drive revenue with a $500 AOV. Our AOV is like $45. It's really not huge. So how do you set up retail stores? How do you, how do you do all this on the back of this $25 product? And Honestly, that's where the foundation of community and brand really comes into play. Because this concept, because this product has a story and a mission and values and we stand for something and people understand that when they see this bracelet out in the wild, they know that it's it means that that person is kind and genuine and compassionate and um, collaborative and all of the things that we stand for it makes a difference, right? And so I really do attribute it to community. I attribute it to the people that are are diehard fans that they buy. I mean, they have hundreds. Like you said, I could have I was going to say, it's 10. like a repeat purchase. Like they're buying for- they're, Yeah, their lifetime. I mean, they are going, they're here for every birthday, for every holiday, for every everything because the product matters to them. And those are the customers that we're trying to foster by showing the, the behind the scenes, by me being as transparent as I try, as I try to be um, on these types of uh, podcasts. And I'm, I'm, I'm constantly looking for my community. Like I want people to hear from me and I want them to fall in love with what I'm saying because I want them to come and join us in this community of kindness. And Ultimately, it's worked thus far um, in that it really enabled us to build a brand or build this business without needing to seek outside funding because it was self-sustaining um, for 10 years. And we received our first round of funding. Funding um, It was like a mini Series A um, in January of last year. So we literally just had our first year with it. And um, it wasn't a huge amount, and I, I'm still very much so majority owner of the brand, um, but it was enough to help kind of bridge the gap, right? Like as you get bigger and you start like playing in these larger waters, you can't just like tip borrow from Peter to pay Paul. You really <laughs> do have to make sure you've got that foundation. And that's probably the hardest part is, you know, we didn't really need it, but we didn't not need it. And that's kind of at that once you're 10 years in equity becomes expensive right like you're like ah, i don't want to give it away i know but yeah it was it was worth it we found wonderful partners and there it's a pri- a small um uh, private all family office um that made it that made it uh yeah we just i think mutually fell in love with each other and it was like let's do this together um so yeah I love it. I mean, I'm sure like retail, I mean, you guys have so many stores even before you got funding, like retail is not cheap as well, but I, I can imagine it just, you know, finding the right partner, raising the, you know, the right money. It's not too big. You're still majority owner. Like it will just only foster those big goals that you guys have or just support you along the way. And one thing I also find so interesting is that you also didn't even have any paid ads for so like up until recently, right? 10 years. So like the 20 million was with no ads. So it just goes back to like, was it the brand community fostering those relationships? Like that's incredible. I love that because it's possible. I see the power of word of mouth. It was that. That was it. And even still to this day, when we do like post purchase surveys to find out how did the customer hear about us, their number one response is word of mouth. 
Oh, so nice. People tell people, tell people, and think about it. The the there's a unique customer acquisition journey built right into the product's life, which is pay it forward. And when you pay it forward, that customer now loves what she's wearing. Maybe she's going to go buy, and now you have to go get another one. And so it's just oh this my gosh, life yes. cycle. <laughs> that kind of is built right in. And it wasn't intentional, right? Like I didn't think, oh, I, I didn't think yeah. about AOV or LTV or TAC or any of that when I was first starting. Remember, I just started beating, right? It's just all of this kind of unfolded before me and we found a sweet spot of price point. We custom, custom is a huge piece of our business and it really makes for uh, a unique, you know, customer retention play because the customer wants to come back and get something else that matters to them. And it's their own personal journey written right out on their, on their sleeve. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's definitely been a, a journey <laughs> to say the least, but it's one that, I mean, I learned so much from and, you know, the cut, the community is everything. I love this. This is such like a relatable. I mean, I love it because you've built this business just through passion, one step at a time. I mean, I know we're fast forwarding and like there's all this success, but it's 10 years of you doing your thing and building it without a lot of money, with no ads, no investors, like just pure, you know, brand, community, good product, thoughtfulness. Like I think it's an inspiration for so many women listening today. So I'm curious, what do you think? We've talked about so many of this, but you know, if anything else comes to mind, but what do you think is a messy truth about business that a lot of people don't talk about? Oh my goodness. So much, so much. Um, probably how like you never get out of a place of discomfort. Like you think you're going to get out of the place of discomfort and you're going to get to the bigger stage and it's still really uncomfortable. And like, you never feel like there are times and there are moments within that I feel really in my pocket. I'm like, Ooh, and I can, I'll, I'll pinpoint it. And I'll say to my husband, like, that is what I'm made to do. Like I can do that. And then there are other times, majority of which where I'm like, Whoa, like this, I'm out of my depth. Like this is impossible. It's so hard. And yet, you know, the moments where I'm thriving really fuel me to keep going because those other moments are so much more, um, they're so much more uh, prevalent in the journey, mm -hmm. you know, and I think people don't talk enough about those low moments. And that's why I really do try to be committed to sharing. And it, that's hard too, because, you know, my journey is not just my own. I have 50 plus employees, right? So you have to be a little careful, like how much are you going to talk about? Because it could Im impact others that have kind of walked across my stage with me. Right. And ultimately, you know, I do think that my, my biggest goal is to help other female entrepreneurs build brands and businesses. Like I, I know there's a second life ahead of me where I am really invested in that um, primarily, but so I do try to share the, the muck, no matter what it might bring as a result. Um, but it's very hard to do and maintain the kind of illusion, if you will, that you need when building brand and empowering and inspiring a team. Like it's a very fine line and why I always feel like I'm, I'm teetering, you know, um, very long-winded response to say like it, it, no one really makes it clear how freaking hard it is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting that you were mentioning that because my husband has been telling me, he's like, you got to like talk about your journey. I was like, nah, like why do people want to hear what I'm going through? Like, you know, it's like the early days. I don't know what I'm doing. And he's like, no, I think like 
people could do it. And I felt, and it's so interesting you said that, because like on one hand, I don't want to seem like it's so hard, but it is. And I'm thinking about my team. Like if they listen, are they going to be like, what the hell is going on? Like not in a scary way, just like, is my founder okay? Like, yeah. but it's like, I definitely was a little nervous about it too. When I first started like really getting in the weeds. And then I just noticed that so many people sent me messages of like, Yasmin, I appreciate you being so authentic. Like, I think I cried on the podcast. Like the early days was very vulnerable for me. Like when you don't know if anything's going to come from it, um, but yeah, it's a very tricky place to be. So I long winded way on my end saying like, I appreciate you being just so open and vulnerable about the journey. I know it's going to help so many women. So I could talk to you for so long, but I, I really appreciate that because I know it's a tricky place to be in for sure. It, it is tricky. And all I will say is like, it makes so much sense for you to just lean into what feels right in that moment. And if it feels right, like if as I'm speaking, you got the butterflies of like, yeah, like I do kind of want to share then follow that, right? And I think ultimately it, it goes back to everything. This The theme of this whole conversation has been leaning into what you feel and being intuitive, intuitive entrepreneurship, truly. And like whatever works for you, like lean into that and, you know, keep, keep pushing from there. Um, but yeah, no, I'm happy to share it all and Happy to be a resource for you ongoing if that was at all beneficial. I, I'm actually excited to try your product because I really believe in in the importance of seed cycling. And there's definitely um, much more to come with us, I think. Yes. No, I'm so excited. Well, Adriana, thank you for being with us today. We'll definitely have to do like a part two, three one day, but this was awesome. You're amazing. And we'll share all your social channels, your website, because I love your content and your realness. I know everyone who's listening is going to really resonate with you. So thank you so, so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Behind Her Empire. If you enjoyed this conversation, it would mean the world to me if you would consider leaving a review or even sharing this episode with someone who might be inspired to create their own empire. To stay updated on new episodes or join our private community, visit BehindHerEmpire.com to sign up. We send inspiring and short emails every week to your inbox. I'll see you next week. And until then, remember, you're always in charge of your own destiny and it's never too late to start your own empire. 